I noticed when Aaron got up here that <clears throat> we appear to be dressed alike. We did not we did not coordinate that, and I think we can all agree I look better. But that's you know, there's some places you just don't want to really linger, right? So um <clears throat> Last time I was up here, I did part two of a trilogy of teachings that I want to do. And I told you the next time I was up here, I was going to finish that, but I'm not, because today is Advent. And I'm just enough of a traditionalist uh, to want to stay in the, in the, get into that mode, all right? And so I'm going to just put that one on the shelf and uh, sometime in the new year we'll, we'll go there. Um, also want to say it's good to see some guests, uh, some, it's good to see our guests. And uh, <clears throat> I wish you could hear Aaron today, but you'll have to come back. He'll be here next week. week uh, and, you know, you can listen to him if it's any good. I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> It's not so good. He never did listen very well. You know, um, so anyway, uh, I want to use as kind of the base for my message this morning, um, Luke chapter 1. This comes after Mary has uh, learned that she's pregnant with the Son of God. It comes um, after... Elizabeth, um, uh, her cousin, has given birth to John the Baptist. Right? That's where we're at in the story. It's just after it, uh, Mary has said to the angel Gabriel, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to your word. Submission, surrender to what God had in mind. And then she decides to go visit Elizabeth, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her and through her. Um, Pray with me just a moment. God, as we uh, center and focus in this time, as we begin to get ready for our expectation of the coming again of our Lord who came, who comes and comes and comes and who will finally come again, prepare our hearts uh, for this time of holy anticipation. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, uh, my theme for the day kind of is um, joy, all right? 
And what I'd like to do today, <clears throat> because it's the week at, you know, it's this Sunday after Thanksgiving, and you may be still feeling the uh, effects of turkey, so I want to keep you awake if I can. And uh, anyway, I, I, I want to tell you some stories and then kind of link those stories together. And I think that could be both fun and helpful to setting the stage uh, for the weeks immediately ahead. So the first story I want to tell you is one that I clipped out of the cartoon section of the newspaper years ago. And during those 40 years of full-time ministry, I was very good at filing things. And uh, that was and still is most helpful. So this is an old cartoon, but it's still incredibly relevant. Uh, the cartoon character is called Kathy. And she says to her boss one day, my left brain is making lists of people I haven't sent cards to yet. My right brain is at the craft store thinking up creative gifts I could make before Christmas. My nerves are at the mall worrying whether I should have gotten the other necktie for my dad. My stomach is still at last night's party begging for more Christmas cookies. My heart is stuck in traffic somewhere between my mother's house, my boyfriend's house, and the adorable man I saw at the post office. Her boss asks, So what is it you want from me, Kathy? And she replies, Hey, what's left of me sneak home early and take a nap? Uh, maybe some are feeling like, Kathy, do you are anticipating that sooner or later during the, during the season you might just feel like that? As much as we look forward to the Christmas season, we also find that if we're not careful, it can wear us out, right? I'd like to think that we are in this house of worship together this morning to be refreshed and renewed to get back in touch with the true reason for the season, to hear once again the message of Advent and Christmas, to open ourselves afresh to the spirit of the living God. So that's why my theme today is joy. Because after all, if we miss the joy, if we miss the joy of Christmas, <laughs> why go through all the effort? I mean, most of us have sung the words, joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room in heaven and nature, saying let every heart prepare him room. And uh, that's what we're here for today. As an old comedian I used to tell uh, uh, one of the, that uh, one of the best about one of the best Christmas gifts he ever received. He says there was a there was a time in his life when the laughter had left him. He felt no joy. Everything was wrong. He says life was hopeless, and I was feeling useless. When his young son asked him what he wanted for Christmas, the comedian replied happiness, and you can't give it to me, son. No one can. Well, you don't tell a five-year-old that, right? 
So on Christmas Day, the son handed him a piece of cardboard with happiness, written out in big, bold letters. You see, Dad, said his son, I can give you happiness. And for a brief moment, Dad says that his depression lifted. And a little child shall lead them. All the man wanted for Christmas was a little joy. And we could all use that, couldn't we? It may depend on the day, but we could all use that. Just give me joy for Christmas. Just give me joy on Jesus' birthday. Just give me joy on my birthday. Just give me joy every day. You can keep everything else. Just give me joy, deep down, lasting joy. That's all any of us really want. So where does such joy come from? How do we get it? I think that's a question humans ask all the time. Well, I got to begin by answering that question by reminding you that deep down lasting joy will not come through the things of Christmas. That will likely be the focus of Christmas all around us. Just think about the last two days. Okay, the things we buy and sell, the things that we give and receive. Oh, let's do all of that. I mean, let's do that in moderation anyway, because they say it's good for the economy. And again, we saw that on Friday and Saturday, didn't we? Good for the economy. You know what? It's a whole lot of fun as well to give and to get. But deep down, lasting joy will not come through the things of Christmas. In Lewis Carroll's Through the Looking Glass, Alice meets the White Knight in Wonderland. Anybody remember that scene? He's burdened down with a number of contraptions. He carries a beehive to capture a wild roaming swarm of bees. He carries a mousetrap to make short work of a pesky rodent. Around his horse's feet are anklets to protect against sharks, and he carries a dish in anticipation of the plum pudding that some kind soul just might offer him. Heavily laden with gadgets, the white knight has a very difficult time staying on his horse. Lewis Carroll writes, Whenever the horse stopped, which it did very often, he fell off in front. And whenever it went on again, which it generally did rather suddenly, he fell off behind. Otherwise, he kept on pretty well, except that he had a habit of now and then falling off sideways. And as he generally did this on the side on which Alice was walking, she soon found that it was the best plan to walk quite close, not quite so close to the horse. The white knight I'd suggest to you the white knight is a symbol of those misguided moments that we all have when we think we can seek happiness by accumulating things. Think about it with me for uh, just a bit. That last lottery was over a billion dollars, remember? I'm not going to ask if you bought tickets. 
I don't really care. I wish you had won. Okay? But let's think about being a billionaire. Okay? Do you ever think about how much a billion dollars is? A billion dollars. Let me pull it down to you this way. These numbers might help kind of get the picture of what a billion dollars is. These four numbers. 1,000, 24, 365, 100. If you spent $1,000 an hour for 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, you can take that leap year off, it would take you 100 years to get rid of a billion dollars. Oh, and you'd have spare change left over in the amount of 126 million. That's how big a billion dollars is. Now, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, well, I'm, I'm open to giving that a shot, being a billionaire, <laughs> being a billionaire and seeing if I can be happy. It, it's worth a try. Yeah, come on, when, when we give it some thought, when we really think about it, as nice as that would be to be, it w- would be, and we could all talk about that. that, that'd be fun, but we know that lasting joy will not come through the things of life. L- this story is personal. Let me tell you just a bit about my journey in 2021. Many of you know that uh, last year was a rough year. Uh, for D and I. In late February of 2021, I was diagnosed with cancer, with lymphoma. We sat in the oncologist's office, and she said, it's a very aggressive lymphoma, which means that we have to treat it very aggressively. So she said, I want to use the gold standard of chemo treatment. And I thought that meant, well, it's the best. Well, apparently the best means it's designed almost to kill you, okay? I mean, um, so I went in early March. I was scheduled to have six rounds of treatment. I went into the hospital in early March for my first treatment. And uh, I was in there for maybe a week that first time. Got out, went home. And here's... uh, just one memory. I remember laying in bed, bed at home, uh, with Dee next to me. And uh, I, I, I couldn't sleep on either side. I just laid on my back. And the truth is, all day long, uh, pretty much I slept. I mean, I was out in the living room in a chair, but if you came in and I said hi to you. It might not take long, and I'd be nodding off again. It was just in and out. I could, I, and food. I didn't want any. Pe- I, I mean, I I don't ever want to drink an insure again. I mean, I will because it works and it helps. But there was this one night, and I I simply won't forget it. Actually, it was a series of nights 
where I could not sleep. I mean, I literally laid there, if you can imagine it, looking at the ceiling all night long. Because getting up wasn't easy either. Okay? All night long. And I'm, I'm thinking it was on the second or the third night as I lay there. And uh, I, 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 was, I wasn't feeling well at all. I was clearly down, depressed. And I remember looking up, and at one point, and I don't know that it was necessarily a prayer, <laughs> okay? I don't know if I was being prayerful at the time or not. But I remember saying to myself, I want to die. And I meant it. My first thought was, I'm going to die. And then, I want to die. And that thought barely got out of me. And I began to see my grandchildren. My children, their spouses, the people in my life. And never again in that experience did I ever again want to die. I wanted to live. And for a number of months, my family can tell you, it, it was hell. It was tough. May 2, 2021, I came this close to dying. It was a tough year. But never again in that year did I want to die. Sometime back, um, an English newspaper asked its readers to respond to the following question. Who are the happiest people on earth? The four prize-winning answers were these. A craftsman whistling over a job well done. Number two, a uh, child building castles in the sand. Number three, a mother bathing her baby. Number four, a doctor finishing a difficult operation to save a human life. There's a fifth. A grandfather who thinks he's on his deathbed but sees his grandchildren. Do you notice did you notice in those responses, not a tycoon or a socialite, not a Hollywood star or a famous politician or a professional athlete or a billionaire in the bunch, just common, ordinary folks in common, ordinary places doing the common, ordinary things of life. It strikes to me that the first Christmas was filled with the common and the ordinary. The baby Jesus was born in a common, ordinary village home to common, ordinary peasant parents, and his coming was celebrated by a group of common, ordinary shepherds in the field. Yet 2,000 years later, people around the globe are still celebrating, and Christmas 
the day that marks the birth of Jesus, is still, I think, one of the most joyful of all holidays we observe, which is why it seems we started in October now. Because it's a season of joy. So where does the, the joy come from? How can we get the joy? Friends, true and lasting joy, as I experience it, it comes from God. Such joy is a gift from God. Sorry, that's simplistic. But the joy is a gift from God, available in this season called Christmas and available throughout the year. It comes to those who are open and ready to receive it. Like little children, Jesus said. We don't get it. We receive it. But perhaps we can only receive it if our horses and our hands and our heads and our hearts have space for joy. Joy comes to those who really want it, who want it badly enough to let go of some of the things that get in joy's way. Max Lucado, an old preacher like me, maybe not quite as old, but getting close. He's also a prolific author. In one of his books, the eye, In the Eye of the Storm, he tells a story that makes this point, I think. It's a rather long story, but I think you'll find it meaningful, and I think you'll enjoy the telling of it. Here's the story. It's about an airplane trip he was on. He writes, She sat in 14E, and I sat in 14D. She was rural, and I was urban. She was backward, and I was sophisticated. She was homey, and I was professional. But she could see, and I was blind. They sure do put these seats close up against each other, don't they? She said as she sat down. Her face was ten inches from mine. She had basset hound cheeks, her eyebrows peaked over her nose and her jowls sagged. She smiled so widely you could see the cavity on her upper side. Her neck seemed to lean out of her shoulders at a 45-degree angle, leaving her head in front of her shoulders rather than above them. She wore a Dutch bob haircut and a blue velour pantsuit. I don't know if she was old or just looked old, but I knew... One thing, she'd never flown. I don't do this much, do you? When I told her I did, her eyes widened. Oh, that must be fun. She could add a syllable to any word. I groaned to myself. I already had a bad attitude. My week had been hectic. Plane was late and overbooked. I had a toothache and had left the tooth medicine at the hotel. I wanted to sleep, but I had work to do. And now I was sitting next to some hillbilly's mother. No judgment there. Oh, boy. Look at that one. She pointed at the plane ahead of us on the runway. Is this one that big? Yes. I hoped my brief response would show that I wasn't up for chit-chat. 
It didn't. I'm going to see my boy in Dallas. Do you ever go to J Dallas? I hope he's okay. He had a stomach flu last week. He got a new dog. I can't wait to see it. It's a Labrador. Do you know what that is? They're big and lovable, and she was uncanny. Not only could she add a syllable to every word, she could answer her own questions. <clears throat> As we were taking off, however, she got quiet. For several moments, she said nothing, and then she suddenly let out a sound that would have called the pigs for dinner. Woo-wee! Those trees down there look like peat moths. People seated around us turned and stared. What river is that? I told her I didn't know, so she flagged down a stewardess. When the drinks came around, I asked for a Coke. She asked for the list. Tell me again. So the stewardess told her again. Oh, it's so hard to choose, she giggled. But she finally chose. When they brought her the drink, she exclaimed that she didn't know apple juice came in cans. And when they brought her a sandwich, she opened the box and proclaimed loud enough for the pilot to hear why they even put mayonnaise in there. When I pulled out my laptop computer, she was enthralled. Now isn't that clever? And that went on. The whole flight. She didn't miss a thing. If she wasn't staring out the window, she was amazed by a magazine. If she wasn't talking, she was ooing. She played with her fan. She turned the overhead light off and on. She toyed with her seat belt. She she savored her lunch. When we went through turbulence, I looked over at her to be sure she was all right, and she was grinning. She must have thought she was riding on a roller coaster at the county fair. It occurred to me, he writes, about mid-journey, that she was the only person on that plane enjoying the trip. The rest of us, the sophisticated, were too mature to have fun. The man in front of me was discussing business trips to Japan, dropping more names than the U.S. Bureau of the Census. The fellow behind me was ordering beers, two at a time. The lady to my right was up to her eyebrows in paperwork, and I was staring down at a computer screen, eyes tired, mouth hurting, stressed out trying to find a message, a Sunday message for stress-filled people and never noticing that the message was sitting beside me. And I might never have noticed had she not leaned over and said to me at the end of the flight, Son, I may be out of place in saying this, but You've worked the entire trip. You need to relax, boy. You need to put that machine up and enjoy the journey. Gulp. I smiled weakly and mumbled some excuse about needing to get the work done before tomorrow, but she wasn't listening. She was squeezing her hands together in excitement as we landed. That was a fun trip, she said as the plane was being disembarked. 
I didn't say anything as we walked off. I just nodded and smiled. Bouncing down the concourse she was, as curious as a six-year-old. I watched her as long as I could, then I turned to go to my next flight with a lesson learned. I resolved to keep my eyes open. It does a little good, I decided, to make the trip and miss the journey. End of Lakato story. <laughs> How about us, friends, you and me? After, are we making the trip but missing the journey? Again, this Christmas, will we make the trip to Christmas frazzled and anxious, but miss the journey to Bethlehem and the manger where Mary gave birth to joy? Are we making the trip called life, but missing the journey of joy God intends for us? Good questions, I think, worthy mulling over. When a pregnant Elizabeth, pregnant with John the Baptist, met a pregnant Mary, Elizabeth's baby leaped for joy within her. To the shepherds, the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. Jesus is joy, I tell you. Joy come to the world. Jesus is the world's true joy. Jesus gives us reason to be joyful because Jesus reminds us that we are all more than we think we are. Jesus reminds us that we are all, that we are all precious, treasured children of God. Jesus reminds us that we all matter, that life has meaning for all of us. Jesus Longs to be our guide. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. I, I don't know everything that that means. But I'm pretty sure it means that if we want to find the center that moves us towards God and God's joy, it's in Jesus. If Christmas 2022 for us, is nothing more than rushing here and partying there, buying this gift and opening that one, pulling up, putting up Christmas decorations and driving around to admire the displays of others. All good things, right? They're all good things. But if that's all there is, then perhaps we are making the trip to Christmas while missing the journey to Bethlehem, where joy came to the world. Perhaps we're making so much work of Christmas that we've forgotten to stop, sniff the smells, and hear the sounds, and see the wonders, and feel the joy of God coming to earth to say, I love you. I really love you. All of you. Each of you. I really love you. You're important. You're my child. I will never let you down. I will never let you go. I will never let you quit. And I will never quit on you.
I will believe in you always. There's the joy. There's the joy. You belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. We belong to each other. And the things are just a little icing on the cake. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray together.